Welcome everyone to an all new episode of the Comic Multiverse, where the worlds of nerd meet. I am Joel, better known as Cape Joel, and you know what? This is a very special sort of episode because Matt is away and I was able to get a guest for the show. He's a guy who's been a fan of my work for a long time, followed me since the comic book cast days, to Cave Joel, to everything I've done in between. He's a YouTuber himself, he actually has quite a sizable, successful channel. That man is Generation West, and he's joining me all the way from Seattle. How you doing there, West? Hey, what's up? And, whoa, hey guys! Nice to not be in the comment section anymore. I know, you can man. actually hear my... My you, dulcet tones. You, you freaking leveled up, man. West, you give all the listeners out there hope. This man started as a commenter, and eventually he made it on the show. Like a wise man once said, I think it was, I don't know, Nathan Drake. Maybe he said it. We started from the bottom, now we're here. Mm, yes, that was most I definitely. I think it was a thumb, Drake. That was definitely Nathan Drake who said that. I am 100% sure that was him. Not the video game guy either, like the actual famous explorer. He's the guy who said it. Oh, surf. Wait, Sir Francis or was there actual Nathan Drake? That guy. I never looked that up. That guy, the Sir Francis Drake guy, he said it. Now, I guess, Wes, while I have you here in the room, in the cyber building as it was, I guess tell people, for those out there who don't know, uh, what's your YouTube channel and what do you do? Oh, I'm the Generation West, as you can see. If I'm probably going to comment down here because why not? And... I make uh, voice acting videos. I cover all types of voice acting from animation, video games, television, movies, some other stuff that usually deals with, I don't know, comic book stuff, mm -hmm. uh, many stuff in pop culture that a lot of people seem to enjoy and a lot of people seem to request that I do a lot of stuff and I'll get to it eventually. I or maybe they won't because I'll forget because I have a terrible memory. I know that feeling, man. I'll, we'll get to the Batman v Superman commentary one day. We'll get to oh, it. Oh, 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 things I have to say about that. Oh, oh, I bet. We won't beat that dead horse just yet. I'll just say for everyone who asked for it, uh, yeah, we'll get to it at some point. Maybe for Christmas, if you're good, that'll be your Christmas gift, everybody. But I really like being off dead horse. Wait. Count that, wait. Uh -huh. I do like to beat dead horses. I yeah. want to correct myself because that could be spliced out or something. But dumb tish. Okay. <laughs> now, uh, believe it or not, we actually do have some news this week. Uh, it was actually a pretty sizable week for news, and, you know, we got our good buddy West here. He's going to be talking it up with us. I guess the first and biggest piece of news that kind of took the internet by storm, and that is the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 trailer hit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's, you know, that's pretty you know much how that. I felt about it, too. Yeah, 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 I agree. <coughs> so, baby I mean, Groot, baby Groot. so much cool shit happening in this trailer. I mean, really, what can you say? I think the thing that shocked me the most uh, is they really didn't go too hard on the story on this one. We really don't know what Volume 2 is about. This was more of a, hey, it's all the characters you like doing all the things you like. Like how they said, it was a basically a teaser trailer, but expanded one? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. Uh, Baby Groot, of course, warming hearts all over the place. We are going to have a full <laughs> Baby Groot movie, and I think that's hilarious. Because, you know, merch, 
Merch. Oh, oh God, yes. I mean, Baby Groot plushies are going to be the next big thing. I like, too, they introduce him as Baby Groot as well. He gets his own thing. Of course, you got you to sell it hard. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, I guess the other character that we have to talk about, Mantis. Jeez, I did not expect Mantis to impress out of the gate like she did. I know, and she has wonderful cuticles when she's touching uh, Chris Pratt, Star-Lord. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I just, I just like to make a little detail, just focus on details that I don't know why, but I just do. Oh, yeah, the, the details totally sold, and I mean, you know, here's a character who I think if they play their cards right, they might have the next Harley Quinn-level costume cosplay thing for women if they play this one just right. And like I said on Twitter about yesterday, we might have a redux of Harley Quinn if, I don't know, Wonder Woman is, doesn't become a huge, huge hit as they, DC wants, or, I don't know... They don't think uh, Mantis is trashy enough. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I, I don't think I... Oh. It, it, it's okay, you can go there on this show. I'm not going to buzz you on that when You've heard the horrible shit me and Matt have said over the years. It's fine, it's fine. I want to seem reasonable. <laughs> a little bit. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Just, just, just a wee bit there. But yeah, I mean, this this one looks cool. I mean, the comedy definitely is there. I can't think of the last trailer that actually made me laugh out loud. This is a trailer that made me laugh out loud. I feel really good about the future of the Guardians of the Galaxy franchise. Oh, I have no doubts that this movie will make billion dollars. I think it will make a billion dollars. Ends in the right part in the month, May, early May. That's where major marvel millions Ma may marvel millions may marvel yeah yeah you're right it's it, it, it's like that there it's it, it rhymes it's cool and um i i got to say extremely colorful movie oh god you, yeah and um they uh, filmed on the best cameras from uh cuz last year they got those fancy new uh what was it red cameras mm -hmm. cuz Matt uh, uh, told me about them, how good they are, and how expensive but really good they are because they have like multiple camera setups. Oh yeah, and they can a, capture so. Yeah, because a uh, visual visual file he is. Oh yeah, and um, the way all the colors and the way um, you can see how much the CG has been risen up. Mm -hmm. Just uh, the close up, like on Rocket's face, the fur, his um. Uh, mortal eyes, and of course, uh, Baby Groot's just dumb, blank kids there because you know Wonderful. kids are dumb. They sure are. If you learn nothing else from this episode, learn that kids are dumb. Also, good creature work too. There's that big squid thing they're fighting there, which I don't know about you, but I'm such a nerd. I was trying to go through like my Marvel encyclopedia in my mind. I'm like, oh, is that anything? Is that a reference to anything? I remember James Gunn saying something about what. The exact uh, species the creature is, but I just can't remember. I I have a computer right in front of me. Yeah, so to look I, but it I don't up. want to touch it, or else the show might catch fire, and we don't want that. Oh, the show's caught caught fire many times. I know. I've watched every episode. It's true. As a fan, you can actually like fact check me on this one and go, no, 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 Joel. The show's been on fire since it started. Like that time, the screen went black. Oh god, yeah, that's right. That was just, that's me three in the morning. Gotta get this done and get this up. I left this till the last minute, didn't I? Or like that time when, um, 
Uh, well, I know it's caught fire many times before. <laughs> it sure has. Uh, hey, hey, I guess because you're a fan, I can ask you this question. What do you think of uh, the Cape TV podcast? Because everyone really seems to be enjoying that. That one came out today, and all the numbers seem to be really good on it so far. So it looks like that show is going to become a new regular thing now. Oh, I listened to it as soon as I woke up at 10.30 in the morning because I didn't sleep last night. That's that's nothing compared to me and how late I sleep in, but that's cute. I enjoy that. And I just love uh, the new format of how you uh, did, uh, well, most of it was just the invasion from uh, the CWDC side. Yep. And then a little bit of it was just a little bit of Star Wars Rebels. Yeah, it was it was kind of a good week to do it because of all the different shows and everything. And it's funny, as much as I love that fans are digging it, in the back of my mind, too, I'm kind of like, fuck, it got popular. Really, people dig it? Goddamn, I'm going to be doing another podcast now? That's almost a podcast every day of the week. I know, with uh, what you guys <laughs> got at uh, a weekly poll, mm-hmm. this, uh, with the good old multiverse right now. Mm-hmm. The poll. Um, oh, the poll. Wait, mm-hmm. You have way more than I thought you had, like three, four? Yeah, the, the Pull on Thursday, which is another weekly pull endeavor where we talk about the comics from the week, and then Elseworlds Exchange with Sal every alternating week over on the Comic Pop channel. Wow. wow. Yep, so... You are, you're stretching yourself thin, man. I'm stretching myself a little thin, but I need that money. I need that YouTube hustle to make that YouTube dollar dollar. <laughs> Joel, you work hard for the money. I work damn hard for the money, so you better treat me right. I- at least, you know, if, if one thing <laughs> makes me feel good, it's knowing that most of these shows are going to be going on break very soon anyway, so I'll at oh, least yeah. have be able to enjoy the Christmas season. Speaking of TV, too, that actually dovetails quite nicely <clears throat> to a story that broke uh, actually before we started, which is rare for the comic multiverse because rarely ever does news actually break on the nights when we record this, but it's official now. Luke Cage Season 2 is going to oh, happen. Yeah. Not that I thought it was that surprising. I mean, these Marvel Netflix shows do great. Did we really think it wasn't going to get a Season 2? I just uh, didn't expect it around this soon. I was expecting it uh, like early next year when like Iron Fist is starting to ramp up. But seeing as uh, Marvel Netflix is going to go to uh, three series a year now, starting oh next year... It's going to be, so 2018 is going to be, of course, Daredevil Season 3, Jessica Jones Season 2, mm-hmm. and Luke Cage Season 2, unless, I don't know, they magically throw in something. Man, like, for, also you got that Defenders and you got Punisher getting developed as well. And they're still filming right now because I just uh, posted, like, I don't know, for uh, this for CBC, uh, their Facebook page, that uh, they're already filming... Um, uh, defenders with uh, Danny Rand and good old Colin, Colleen Wing well, are, are already filming on set. I wonder uh, what season two will be like of Luke Cage, and will it kind of do like the post, what the post-Avengers movie did? Will this be like the post-Defender season of Luke Cage? I'm pretty sure they have to wrap up uh, uh, that to get into the meets of Shades and Uriah, mm-hmm. because they've that was pretty much a darkest ending for like a a series. Like it kind of yeah, was. Those can win. It? 
Yeah, the, the bad guys won, the good guy kind of lost. You're right, that was a bit of a downer ending, wasn't it? Even the bad guy you fought is going to get an upgrade. And yeah. you're just going to prison. Yeah, true, holy shit. Yeah, wow, I never thought of that. Yeah, wow, looking back, Luke Cage had a really dark ending, didn't it? Jesus. I mean, he could get. he's getting now because they're like <laughs> a few weeks ago that he's already out and he's been, been just mooching and just getting that coffee, that Colombian... Cuban coffee from Rosario Dawson. There you go. Good, good stuff. Yeah. I, w- I wonder where they could take it for Luke Cage season two, because I know it's like you could really see in season one where it's like, okay, Luke Cage doesn't have any one singular great villain for us to draw upon, so we'll do like three or four together. I wonder if they'll do the same thing or if he'll start borrowing villains. I know... I made this uh, this pitch to Matt a while ago, and I hope they actually end up doing this. Seeing as, you know, Sony Spider-Man and Marvel's Avengers and everyone else are playing nice again, I would really, really like to see Luke Cage go up against Tombstone. I think that would be a good pairing. Oh, yeah. I don't know, I don't know. Maybe I don't. You could, you could play... Get Keith David, oh, the reprises role from the, like... First time you did it in Spectacular Spider-Man. Oh God, please do it. As I know by voice acting, he was played by two uh, people because Keith David was the mm. first time, and after that was uh, Kevin Michael Richardson, like for the remaining uh, remaining uh, first season and second season, I think. Yep, that, that that was two great performances. You see, this is why you get West on the show, people, so he can kick some voice actor knowledge for you. Yeah, I would be all for them just grabbing Keith David and putting albino makeup on him. I think that would be awesome. That would be amazing, but will they do it? I don't know. I just want Keith David in Marvel anything. I know. You, you figure, too, they could make it like a nice like racial angle on it, have Tombstone be like, you know, I was from Harlem, I was born of Harlem, but I was always an outcast, and I was always put upon because of my albinoism and everything, but now I've returned from, I don't know, wherever he would be, and now I'm ready to take over Harlem in the wake of everything else. I think that would be cool. Unless he, like, thinks about all the pitfalls that uh, Kingpin had, that he was in the shadows and then came to the light, but that was kind of his biggest mistake. Mm. And Cottonmouth, he... In the beginning of Luke Cage, he was already on hard times and already on his decline. And he should um, probably learn from all the mistakes that the previous uh, mob bosses around New York had. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of directions you could take with that one. That's my pitch if you're listening, Marvel. I know Matt and I got the comic multiverse bump for the Dominators and some other stuff we wanted to see, so make this happen, please. Let the <laughs> magic of the show be real, if only in this situation. And uh, moving on from that topic to something a little less magic, uh, we found out that the Aquaman movie is actually getting bumped all the way back to 2018 now. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. Yep. Well, it all kind of makes sense without all the problems DC has. Yeah, this the, at this point, this just feels like another hurdle and another pitfall there. And it feels especially kind of bad because it's like, well, wait, but I thought Aquaman was the one that was like the furthest along, was like the one that had it shit the most together and everything out of all these new solo movies. Nope, guess not. Well, in development, it's Aquaman. <laughs> but if you forget, Cyborg guys... Cyborg. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Cyborg. Green Lantern Corp. Corp. I keep, I keep 
Corpse. Core. 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 Are you one of those people who struggle with that one? Core. Corpse. Every time I see it, it's corpse. Like, I know it's core, but corpse. It tricks your brain. It's one of those words that goes out of its way to fuck with you, isn't it? I know, right? <laughs> it really is. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that sucks for Aquaman. Here's hoping they use the extra time to make the best movie possible. It's uh, it's James Wan who's doing that one, right? Yeah, he pumps out, like, a movie every year. It's true. Because of all of his horror movies he makes. That guy is a freaking machine. That dude also, you know, quality and craftsmanship goes into each and every one of his movies, especially the stuff he cares about. So I'm pulling for Juan on this one. I would like to see him have another big blockbuster franchise. I don't know if he, if he was the guy I would pick for Aquaman, but I like to think that the movie is in good hands with him. And here's hoping they can actually keep him aboard, unlike with the Flash directors they keep losing. Oh, like with... Seth Graham Smith and guy who did dope. Yeah, see, you've already <laughs> forgotten their names. I know Seth's name because I can actually say it properly and not make a fool of myself. Those poor, poor directors fell through the speed force, didn't they? Oh, they got lost. They just got lost. That's the problem. That's why that movie keeps losing directors. You see, they've actually tapped into the real honest-to-God speed force, and because of that, directors keep getting lost. Like my brother from another mother, Wally. Yeah, there you go. Poor, poor Wally there. He's, get, he's getting out, man. He's going to get out soon. We know it. He's going to fresh out. Let's Greg and Brandon change their minds in the last minute. Like, maybe. Maybe he's super dead. Yeah, I can only imagine someone like you, Wes, is probably super, super stoked for Young Justice Season 3. For those who can't tell, Wes, like, actual picture is of Wally from uh, Young Justice. So there you go. You know he's a big Kid Flash fan. You know he's probably all for Young Justice. Am I right? Of course. He's, like, the first ever char comic character with my actual last name. I have that connection with ever since I watched, like, Justice League and, like, Wally West. I've never heard of... Of a character with the last name West. <laughs> well, then Frank West came out like for Dead Rising, like and, like and, and Adam West, the original '60s Batman. But you know, but I didn't know about Adam West until like I don't know, <laughs> two or three years after Oh Wally. There you go. And then um, Kanye West blew, uh, oh, yeah, blew up, and then Kanye West kept blowing up. You, you, you mean President Kanye West, as he will soon be in four years when he runs. You know, Kanye, I love everything post... No, not... Well, everything pre-graduation, but everything post-graduation, aliens and heartbreak, that was all right. <laughs> but, you know, calm it down, man. Maybe have a girl filter. Just saying, and, man. Keep well, man. I know there's some things happening with you, but please, please keep the last name West <laughs> in a good light. Keep it pure. Because Northwest and St. West will have to also deal with these problems. <laughs> That's not Well, see, I had no idea that West here actually knew more about Kanye than I did. I feel like I just got taken to school there for a second. Oh, I was, a, I was a real big fan of Kanye. Kanye, Not man. so much anymore. Yeah. 
So uh, I, I guess moving on there, it's funny, uh, West, you actually mentioned Frank West, which is actually very fitting because our next piece of news involves Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. The trailer for that dropped this week. You know what time it is, Joel? What time? It's Marvel time, baby. Marvel, baby. It's Marvel time. It really, it actually is this time. It actually is Marvel time. Although the big rumor with this one, and I'm sure you heard it because you and I run in the same internet circles, is that that this Marvel v. Capcom Infinite game will not feature any X-Men in it because of the never-ending dick-measuring contest between Fox and Disney. Yeah, we we all hate it. it. It it just that's just the way it is. Some things will never change. <laughs> you beat me to it. I was going there. <laughs> oh, that song is banging. Now again, it hasn't been confirmed that there'll be no X Men in it. That's just the popular prevailing theory. And at this point, would you really be surprised if that was I, the I case? Wouldn't. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I would miss them, but you know. That's okay. We've got we've gotten humans that are better. You like Wolverine? It's fine. You got Gorgon now. <laughs> I genuinely love the Inhumans, but it won't be the, wouldn't it be the same to a lot of people who feel like Inhumans are just being pushed. Mm, I mean, they are, but I mean, I, hey, you, I already I still like the characters. Me too. It's like you can like them and agree that they're forced at the same time. <laughs> yeah, a lot of. A lot of Marvel characters are pretty much forced. Is that a is that a small child or a small cat that I'm hearing in the background? Oh, that's my cat, Bug Bug. Oh, okay, good. Just so long as it's not a child. Take care of your babies, West, as I used to say to Sean back in the day. Booger's just being a booger. There you go. So, I mean, obviously from the trailer, the two Marvel characters that we saw featured most prominently was Iron Man and Carol Danvers, Captain Marvel, which is funny to see them tag-teaming against Ryu and Mega Man when these two have been at each other's throats in Civil War I know, II. right? It's so weird. <laughs> no, no, look, guys, we buried the hatchet. It's fine now. We gotta take it to these video game characters. It's like if Marvel vs. Capcom 3 released in, I don't know, 2006, when uh, Civil War 1 was happening. Uh. It would be really weird because, you know... Marvel Ultimate Alliance happened around 2006. You did. Like, early, early 2000, I think early 2006, and they were already buddy-buddy, but <laughs> until 2009, when they were making that uh, Ultimate Alliance 2, and it was uh, basically a civil war. I like, I like to think in terms of video game fighting where it's like, nah, man, we got to rep the Marvel. We got to rep the House of Ideas. Look, whatever beefs you got, you got to squash it right now because we got to go curb stomp Mega Man. <laughs> we got to make three games a year now. Yeah. I, I, I guess, too, looking at it like this, uh, dream casting for this game, who would you like to see in it from the Marvel side or from the Capcom side? Black Panther. I need Black Panther in it. I need some uh, at least... Luke Cage, anybody from the MCU is like automatically qualified to be in it. I could, but, I could see Black Panther actually being a really good fill-in for Wolverine if we don't have Wolverine. Oh yeah, and Miss uh, Marvel, Kamala Khan. Oh yeah, She's some Dawson tech. Yeah, with her stretchy powers, that would be good. That would be really good. And um, who, who, uh, I, maybe have I don't know. Maybe include X-23, maybe? 
if you can because get around I, it. Because I actually like her in uh, um, MC uh, MV3. Mm-hmm. I I like her too. Was it was Thanos ever in one of these Capcom versus Marvel games? I'm not as up on it as I am other stuff. In two, I believe. Yeah, in two. Right. Okay. Well, maybe it's time for Thanos to come back now because of Infinity War. Wouldn't that be fitting? Uh, oh, in the have one of his power-ups be like the Infinity Gauntlet in this alter reality in the background or something. Yeah, I mean, well, the game is called Infinite, and we saw in the little trailer them make use of Infinity Stones for power-ups, so, I mean, geez, he's probably going to be the main villain, actually. And, like, that stinger with a... (laughs) what looked like Ultron or Annihilus? Yes, someone evil and robotic. Yeah, yeah, I did like that. I did like that a lot. Get some, of course... Some more cosmic characters in there. That would be nice. The Guardians are huge. You could get Drax in there and give him, like, you know, Zangief powers. Like, he'd be the wrestler for the Marvel team. Get, like, Howard the Duck. Oh, that'd be a fun one. That'd be a <laughs> really Quack fun Quack-foo up in this. Oh, dude, dude, champion of the universe, man. Get champion in there. He's all about fighting. He's literally made for fighting games. Get someone like John DiMaggio to make him sound like, um... Macho Man. Oh, please do. That's that's ideal casting right there. I mean, you put John DiMaggio in anything, and I'm all for I like you said DiMaggio, too, and you didn't jump for the obvious Freddy Tatasure. Oh, I was just, call, just uh, thinking he's probably just going to be Hulk. He seems married to that role as of recently, so yeah, if Hulk is in it, we're probably going to get to see him in there. Or he can like do double time if, I don't know, if you want to coup. Black Bolt, and it destroys your console. Nice, every time he speaks, I'm all Man, it's going to be a good year for uh, superhero-themed fighting games, because we got Injustice 2, and we got that coming down the pipeline. It also will be a good year for me, because a lot of quality voice acting talent is going to be in it, and I can have more, do more videos about it. Mm-hmm. I hope they don't make any new roles because they have to update it and then that'll be really, really tiring. I bet. And I mean, hey, too, you know, while we're on the subject of voice actors and video games and because I have you here, here's hoping, too, by the time we get to play these games, the voice actors union will have actually dealt with the video game industry and we can all be in a nicer, happier place. Oh, yeah. I've been following that for the past month. It's crazy, isn't it? I didn't know how bad the situations with voice actors could get. I I know that there's been like problems with the um, like strains in voice because all those hours you stay in the booth oh, yeah. and it, it could get real smelly. Maybe I don't know. Never been in the booth. You got to do a lot of screaming. You got to do multiple takes for multiple different actions and things. It's grueling for some of our favorite voice actors who you know pull double duty for cartoons and video games, and they're striking right now to try and get a better deal from the game industry, for those who don't know. Basically, it's just your standard thing that any actor would get, and that is, hey, if this game does really well, shouldn't we be entitled to a little bonus from it? And the game industry is basically saying, well, that's never been done, so we're never going to do it. Like EA and Activision, like like the big two that I've seen uh, in a lot of the hashtags for uh, Performance Matters, Mm. especially like a Steve Bloom, oh, yeah. Bill Lamar, oh, Dan Titans Hale, of the industry. they all have said, like, we want, like, some, uh, not, like, 
through like um we just want better conditions yeah you and, know spread the wealth a little bit you know they're they're not asking for much they're just asking for a little bit and speaking of that like at the VGAs like the uh, was probably well on a day of recording yesterday i believe yeah. that uh that Nolan North when he ex- uh won he accepted his award for uh, for his performance uh for Uncharted Four, mm. it's a great performance, by the way. Oh yeah, and and he uh, the uh, came out to uh, say uh, for for performance matters that uh, uh my performance matters, and so does the developers, the game designers, and everyone behind. And he's saying that uh that everyone deserves like equal uh. Air uh, conditions that they yeah. all deserve uh, something like that. Good and he, good one for of those, him. And off in the, I remember a quote that he said like, um, he's purposely said like, I my performance uh, doesn't truly matter. Is that theirs performance does? And I was like, wow, that that's a uh, that's a way to uh, uh, promote all. All lines of work in the gaming industry, yeah. and I, and that's why I love Nolan North. Yeah, uh, so much. dude sounds like a class act. He used his, uh, he used his platform to do some good and spread some awareness about a thing. And you know what? We used our platform to spread awareness about that as well. So here's how I know for all you and people also, out there who didn't know about it. Now you do. I also hated that uh, there's like some clickbait article saying like, "Oh, Nolan North uh, just is a." Uh, hate on performance matters like no he's not he's actually defending all listen to the whole thing yeah even other voice actors like um who actually came out it's like like uh roger craig smith Mm. as voice of Ezio, the voice of batman and arkham origins sonic he came out as like no he's actually representing all of us and he's and he uh said it in a well uh manner yeah and and it's just a clickbait article yeah and i I applaud everyone behind uh, the scenes who makes some these great games. Most definitely. Uh, I, I guess to move it on from there, we got some other news here. We got some X-Men stuff. A bunch of news came to light just recently about the brand new post-Inhumans versus X-Men resurrection line of books. We know way more than we used to, and we got like a whole list full of ones here. You, you want me to run them down, Wes, and I'll get your reaction to these? Go right ahead. Okay, so we got Iceman, the brand new solo series uh, starring Bobby Drake. I quite wrongly thought to myself that this would be a solo series about the young Iceman who came out as gay and, you know, that that could follow his adventures dealing with that. I was mistaken. This is actually about the adult Iceman. Wait, really? Yes, I did not really. know about that. Yeah. This is gonna I'm actually all... surprised. Me too. This is gonna all be about uh, adult Bobby Drake, and all I can think with that is, eh, I like Iceman, but I don't know if I like him enough to read a solo series about him. I think it's gonna get at least twelve issues. Yeah, if... that's fair. Unless it does extremely well. It could. Like it has all the makings of like a of like a stealth hit here. Like maybe it'll be really funny or really insightful or really something. I just don't know if he could carry. I I don't know. I'm I'm not a. I I wanted to be a comic book writer, but I just don't know about the market. 
right yeah. now. Yeah, like like what would you do with Iceman? What's your big bold direction for Iceman, especially in a day and age when they seem to be downplaying the X Men's importance across the board? I mean, they could be bringing up the X Men's importance like mm. slowly. I don't know. Maybe he's trying to deal with uh, his younger version of stuff being openly gay now, I and guess. how he deals with it, and how he will be for or either against it. Yeah, yeah, that's one way you could take it. Uh, the next one is Jean Grey, and yet again, oh boy, was I wrong about this one as well. I assumed with all the art they were using that, oh, resurrection means the resurrection of Jean Grey. She's going to be back, and this is going to be a book focusing on older Jean. Nope. But swing, younger Jean. Yep, swing and a miss. This one's all about the young Jean. That I knew uh, beforehand because uh, there's a lot you can tell of this younger version of Jean but you can also tell a lot more of a resurrected gene because she's been dead for a long time. Six years? Something like that. In comic, it, she's been dead for like a million years in comic book time. Yeah, like in uh, the Marvel sliding time scale, it's like been, I don't know, few years for them, but a lot of years for us because well, when was when was the last time she was alive? AV, was it AVX? I can't even remember. No, I think you're thinking of uh, of Xavier in AVX. Oh. He's been dead for a long time, too. But wasn't he back in that X-Men, Uncanny X-Men 600? He time-traveled for a minute, and then they went to heaven, and they met him one time. He's made sporadic appearances, but for all intents and purposes, he's been dead. Wait, really? Yeah. I thought he's... I honestly thought he was back, and and you guys were just saying something like, "Oh, he's been, he's still dead." Like, wait, how well, can he? Well, the joke I, with I Xavier understand. is the joke with Xavier is you know, oh, when he's dead, he's never really dead. He's just faking his death because he's done it a million times before. But no, for all intents and purposes, Xavier is still dead and gone. Uh, we were talking to about like, oh, what stories could you tell with the young Jean Grey? Well, it turns out they're going to tell the one story everyone knows and loves, which is the Phoenix, because this book is going to all be about apparently young Jean Grey dealing with the Phoenix Force. Oh. Yep, we're going oh. back to this well again. Yeah, because Apocalypse didn't just didn't bring it? out the urge for more Phoenix. Apparently so, yeah. Just, you know, uh, it's th that's the thing with certain characters where it's like, man, you could take them in interesting directions, and sometimes it feels like you tell the same story over and over again. So get ready for another Phoenix tale, everybody. Like the wise and very wise Deadshot said, if it ain't broke, don't try to fix it. Pretty much. So with that, we have the... But it is broke. It's yeah. been broke for about a decade, I think. Yeah. Um, good six years, at least. It's yeah. been broke. I would say a little longer than that. I would say it's been broken for about a decade. But yeah, from there... We got the two new team books, the premier team books, you could say, of the X-Men line. We used to have three, now we have just two, and that is X-Men Gold and X-Men Blue. And if I may be so bold as to borrow a joke from my good buddy Mitch, that is, you know, oh wow, Gold and Blue, you might as well call them X-Men Old and X-Men New. Because that's literally what it is. The Gold team is all the old X-Men you remember, and Blue is all the young X-Men. Oh, yeah, Jim Lee, yeah, 90s X-Men, remember that? Kind of. Yeah, I remember. 
kind of. The funny thing about this is, is like, you know, if this was where you were going to go with it for Resurrection, if this was going to be your big push, why weren't you doing that since all new, all different? Because if you remember, that was basically the team we had anyway. Extraordinary X-Men was the older X-Men, only they had young Gene on their team. And then uh, all new X-Men was the young X-Men, only they had like a couple newer characters on there. So basically they just switched around one character and changed it. That's really all they did. Also, also, g g uh, Gold, I think, is going to be written by... Uh, one's going to be written by Mark Guggenheim, the other one's going to be written by Cullen Bunn, so the uncanny guy is sticking around. Oh, that's actually that's actually nice. I like Cullen Bunn's uh, writing. And... Me too. He seems to be it, the wait. only X-Men writer who survived. It's interesting that he's managed to make it out of all these purges from Magneto to Uncanny X-Men to now. <laughs> To that time on Aquaman that nobody liked, even oh. he didn't like. Oh, that poor Ron. Oh, that poor man. He was treated, he seemed to be treated so badly at DC for whatever reason, except for that Sinestro book. Oh, yeah, I remember that uh, Sinestro book. Yeah. I remember it being really good. I heard Matt really loved that book. Oh, he loved it to death. I wanted to read it too, but I wasn't nearly <laughs> up on my Green Lantern enough to read it. So there's your two X-Men books. Honestly... This isn't enough change to make me interested to pick them up and start reading them again. It just feels like more of the same. It feels like they changed it just enough, just slightly enough to justify renaming. But hey guys, we're not getting rid of the X-Men. No, not getting rid of them. Oh, also I guess to X-Men Gold, Kitty Pride is back on the team and she's going to be leading them now. Well, I like Kitty Pride. I like her too, and she's definitely proved herself as a leader over in the Guardians books and everything, so I guess this is a nice bit of character development for her, because I think they make a big point of saying that Kitty has never led an official mainline X-Men book before, so this is her first time doing that. There was only Excalibur. Yeah. Wait. Wait, did she lead Excalibur? I think she did, I... or she like co-led Excalibur. If I read my uh, good old... X-Men Encyclopedia from about 2006, around the time uh, X3 was coming out because yeah, of all the promotion. Yeah. It was, it was uh, telling me that uh, uh, Excalibur, she helped start it with, uh, was it Peter, was it Captain Britain? Something like that. It's been forever since I've read Excalibur. I think it's been forever since anyone's even thought of Excalibur. But yeah, there you go. Good Good for Kitty. I might read the first issue of that one. You know what? And I will also uh, check it out. Also check out uh, the other books, just in case they might turn out to be decently good. I mean, hey, it looks like they're throwing everything at the wall with X-Men on this one, so I'm sure one of them has to stick. One book I'm actually kind of excited for, and I bet you wouldn't think this is the one I'm excited for, but I'm a sucker for this name and this composition, even though maybe I shouldn't be, and that is Weapon X. Uh, we're getting a new Weapon X book. This one is going to be led by Old Man Logan, so he ain't going anywhere. He's sticking around, and he's making up a whole new team. We got Domino, and we got Warpath, and we got Lady Deathstrike. Yeah! I, I want to see more of uh, Wolverine Joel. I mean, not you, Joel, but you know, Last of Us Joel Wolverine. Oh yeah, that's t that's absolutely what he is. You're not wrong at all. It'll be interesting to see what an old man Logan has to bring to a Weapon X team. And it's funny, the book is called Weapon X, and yet when I read the solicitation on this one, it says old man Logan brings together a team of like-minded heroes to fight the formation of a new Weapon X program. 
that sounds like a plot from one of the many previous Wolverine titles. I know. Or, and or Wolverine uh, animated films. It or really does. Episodes from like the past two decades. Because I remember every X-Men show having at least one mm. uh, Weapon X plot line oh, that yeah. he's just fighting with his old team, mm. like Sabretooth. Not who's not trying to, I don't know, kill him on his birthday every year. Like, hey, maybe we should stop Weapon X this time. It does kind of seem like a theme for all these new X-Men books. Hey, everything old is new again. We're just doing stuff you like over. Which, hey, that's kind of what DC Rebirth was. And DC Rebirth was awesome. So, maybe this is what the X-Men needed. I don't know. The final book that we actually know stuff about is Generation X. And I think this one yeah. might be the Dark Horse one that actually ends up getting people back into it. This is a team of weirdo outsider mutants like Quentin Quire and a couple new ones led by Jubilee. Yeah, it's going to be like that pilot. Remember that pilot? Oh, Pride of the X-Men or uh, Generation no, that X. Life- the live action one. Oh Jesus Christ! Yeah, that one. I actually saw that like early earlier this year because I was doing like an Emma Frost video, and I was like, "Did did this air somewhere else? Because like in Britain or something with different types of I don't know uh, what is, what was it uh, like c- content awareness? Because in I don't know you could say the the what was it? Oh yeah, they, they swore in that one, didn't they? Yeah, they, they called. He made a slur calling somebody a retard. Oh wow! I was like Jesus, wow, you Jesus. could say that. Apparently, you could back then. So that's Generation X. I'm sure that will make some people really happy. I know some people are dyed in the wool Jubilee fans, and they always want a chance to read her. Well, you can read her here. Reading, uh, you know, leading. A whole team, so there you go, there's that, and you know, because we just talked a bunch of X-Men, we are legally contracted by the new rules of Marvel to also mention new Inhuman projects, and there is a new Inhuman project, uh, Daisy Johnson, aka Quake, who's been getting a lot of good push because of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. show in the comics, she's going to be reforming and leading a brand new version of the Secret Warriors. Ah, yeah, I really like, uh... Quake and Secret Warriors. It's, it's, oh. it's kind of her team. It's kind of the thing that comic readers know her from, so it makes sense that she'd be forming up a new version of it. Actually, you look like Angela, uh, Angelina Jolie from Hackers. <laughs> now, she looks, now she looks That's more the... like Chloe Bennett. Now she actually looks like her actress now. Uh, Chloe Bennett, such, she's so great as, uh, as Quake. She owns that I literally like her... Uh, her uh, development from the past four seasons oh god yeah she's gotten a ton of development the team is going to be her leading it we got miss marvel on it so you know it'll last at least a bit longer because of the goodwill that character has banked up we got karnak on it because karnak's got to go somewhere so karnak and karnak's really awesome karnak is awesome i mean hey if you're building the team you got to get him on there and inferno inferno is kind of funny because if you'll remember back when they launched charles souls in humans Inferno was like the poster boy of that series. Oh, yeah. Series. Was he in the 
like the cover issue of Inhumanity or something? He was on a couple covers is what he was on, and he looked so oh. cool and so crazy. And literally the first arc of Charles Soule's Inhuman book was following him around, and he was kind of your POV character as a brand new Inhuman and everything. And then slowly but surely he just faded more and more into the background until you almost didn't know he was there. <laughs> Actually, he appeared like in, uh, what was it, uh, Avengers Assemble, uh, Ultron, Blah 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 blah. blah. Revolution was yeah in the animated show. Oh really? And he's like, and uh, his powers. He when he first appeared, he was this big magma monster, and then the and the uh, royal family helped him out, and he got this cool body tight suit for some reason. Now he can have fire powers, and he appears like twice later on hmm. with uh, Kamala Khan, and then after that. Woo. You know what I think he... it was? I think they had plans for him to be the new face of Inhumans in the comics, but then Miss Marvel, Kamala Khan, got really popular, and they're like, screw Inferno. <laughs> I mean, his power set is just fire, dude. He's the human torch, only I just don't think he can fly. Oh, he can't fly? I don't think he huh. can. It's been forever since I've read it. I don't think he can fly. There's only so many ways you can spin Fire Guy and make him interesting. It feels like every team has a Fire Guy on it. I believe he has potential. Oh, but yeah. Like, he and um, Kamala Khan, they can, uh, they all have potential to play, to be like a, the inhuman characters that everyone can grow to like. Yeah, I, I know. One, I know one person well, made the joke once, where it's like, "Hey, you know, you got Kamala Khan who's super stretchy. You got Inferno who can light on fire. You got Gorgon who's big and tough and sassy and everything." Huh? Uh, you're, you're pretty close to having a Fantastic Four, aren't you? <laughs> we have Gorgon. He's what? He's like, I'm not from Yancey Street. I don't know what a Yancey Street is. <laughs> I'm not I'm, Michael Dorn. I'm not voiced by Michael Dorn. <laughs> I'm like, wasn't he voiced by Michael Dorn one of these? I. You probably was, but like, uh, like literally, all you would need is like an Inhuman who could turn invisible, and you pretty much have the makings of an Inhuman Fantastic Four right there. Wait, is there an Inhuman that turns invisible right now? If not, there should be. If not, they can make one. Who also bends light to make force fields? Yeah, that's the thing too about the you know Fantastic Woman about Sue Storm and everything. Yeah, sure, she's invisible, but she can do so much more. Yeah, like that time in the 90s animated series where she made a force field inside uh, Mr. Fantastic as Malice. It's like, I can make this expand so much that uh, it can just burst you. Word. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that just about does it for the news for this week. A nice little smattering of stuff going on there. You know, lots of stuff hip happening all around the place. And I guess with that, yep. we can get into what we read this week. And, oh boy, was this a light week for comics. If people have noticed, I've been experimenting with new videos. I hope to get a new required reading out in the next couple days. That's because there was, like, nothing for comics this week. Oh, there was a plenty of stuff like, I don't know, Telltale's, uh, what was it, Guardians of the Galaxy, Last of Us 2, all that good stuff. But comic news, Oh yeah, lots of good gaming news, not much in the world of comic books. This was this was mostly an annual-centered week. Did, did you read anything this we uh, week, West, or am I just going to be mentioning what I read and just kind of bouncing it off you? I've seen a lot of, um, like, Superman annual, I believe, mm -hmm. but the one yes. with uh, 
Swamp Thing. That yeah. was really, really actually good. That was tight. That was a really good one. That was probably my favorite thing that came out this week. Yeah, I really liked like seeing that imagery of a uh, green Superman with all the green and the and the what uh, what was happening in that issue. He literally gets reborn. I like it. They tell an eco story with Superman. Swamp Thing shows up and he's like, "Look, man, I, I I know you're not the last guy I dealt with, but you're sucking down too much solar radiation and you're killing everything on your farm and everywhere around. You just don't know it." Oh, I love that explanation. Smart idea. I'm like, yeah, you know what? That is a good idea. And because of that, Superman inadvertently becomes an enemy of the green and of the planet. I'm like, that's a good idea. Because I never heard of that idea before. Even in like old, like st- like stories of Superman being old, like in maybe like in Batman Beyond and Superman is like, has that gray Mr. Fantastic Nick Fury love that side. Thing. And he... I, I don't know if there's a lot of greenery in the Batman Beyond side of the universe. Not but, really. But what do you absorb so much like solar radiation that everywhere around him it just gets a little, little warm? Just, just a little warm? This is just toasty. Toasty! Yeah. Yeah, it, uh, it makes a lot of sense, because again, you're right, we don't really get that many stories of older Superman, and you have to wonder, realistically, if he gets much older, he'll probably have to subside on more yellow sun radiation, which could possibly be damaging to everyone around him. That was just a really good story built on a really cool idea. And, uh, I mean, yeah, D- Tomasi, who wrote that one, he has a way with Swamp Thing, too. I think he used him just right in that story. I mean, I've never really read Swamp Thing, but I really like how he was written. Maybe I should uh, check out Swamp Thing. Maybe you should do some, I don't know, recommended reading on Swamp Thing. I probably should. There's a a lot of reading to actually recommend on Swamp Thing. I'll say right now that, uh, well, actually, no, it wasn't Jeff Lemire. Jeff Lemire did Animal Land. Uh, Scott Snyder, who we all love from his work on uh, Batman, he wrote the first two volumes of Swamp Thing in the New 52. Man, I love Good Snyder. Yeah, exactly. Good Snyder wrote Good Swamp Thing for two volumes, and I'll then call more people came on. Like, Good Hank. G.H. Yeah, exactly. G.H. Good Hank. My son, Good Hank. Uh, <laughs> and then, actually, I think Charles Soule came on that book by it ended, so, like, uh, Swamp Thing had some good writers on him during his time in the New 52, so I would it's say like that's a Swamp good place Swamp Thing and Daredevil, he's like one of the, those characters with like one of some of the best runs mm-hmm. in his entire history. Maybe there's like one run of Swamp Thing that's just not that good, like, I don't know, Shadowland? Yeah. And hey, you know, once you once you get up your Swamp Thing tolerance and everything and you read the New 52 stuff, then you can get to read the really weird stuff. You can read the Alan Moore shit. Oh, I'm I'm Elmore Moore, and um, you all worship my snake god. Oh, I, I, in, in my magic cave, where I work on my comic books. <laughs> Comics were a mistake. <laughs> yeah, really. Oh, a mistake. I, I wouldn't write him again. Oh, <laughs> no, Swamp Thing is all just an illusion. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Alan, never change. Uh, you know what was actually kind of a mistake, and I'm really, really depressed that I had to say this. Ghost Rider number one from this week. Robbie Reyes' big return to comics. This was not a good issue. Yeah, the first news I've been hearing like a lot from uh, Twitter that a new Ghost Rider was like coming out. Like, oh, oh, Gabriel Luna 
the guy who uh, plays Robbie Reyes, like, like he's chipping uh, uh, that out. Yeah, yeah. He's like, he really wants uh, everyone to check it out. And doesn't yeah, because he up, wants like, to work is what he wants. Good for him. Because yeah, absolutely. He's a good actor. He is. And, I'm, and, and, and they then, make the character look even more like him in this new comic. Oh, I, I love how he, he's a little older. Yep. But then there's some those problems that you mentioned and other reviewers like uh some uh mentioned that uh yeah, it's kinda not that great. It's not really about Robbie at all. We get one page's worth of Robbie as Ghost Rider. The rest is all taken up by Amadeus Cho Hulk and then like X twenty three Wolverine at the end. Hey guys, you like Amadeus Cho, right? Uh, uh, um, we're, really, you? we're really banking that you like all these other characters and again I can understand what they're trying to do they're trying to make Robbie part of a bigger yeah, Marvel I... universe which they didn't do in the original run yep. which I'm sure makes them think that's why the book got cancelled prematurely but come on this should have been Robbie's big celebration issue it should have been you know his first one back they kind of did it wrong. Ironically, and I mentioned this in my video for those who missed it, but the backup story was actually much better and much more in line with classic Ghost Rider Robbie that I liked. Oh, um, uh, explain how that uh, back, uh, back issue was. Oh, yeah, so like the backup story in this, a jacked-up female bodybuilder with a rocket skateboard, tries to steal Ghost Rider's Hell Charger, and he has to get it back. I mean, that is a nice car, but man, why was why is Zara trying to steal? <laughs> oh, it, she basically was, yeah. So yeah, tries to steal the car, and believe it or not, even Eli Morrow gets a laugh in this, where Robbie's like, "Oh, geez, I think that lady was faster than the Hell Charger," and Eli Morrow's all like, "You know, nothing's faster than the Hell Charger." <laughs> And I'm like, geez, man, this guy's got jokes. This crazy serial killer's got jokes. <laughs> got jokes and, for days. And, like, well, what else about a... Uh, there's a thing about uh, most, like, comic book formatting these days. Um, I think it's more like a long-form storytelling than uh, mm. telling a single story in one issue. And um, I, I get what they're doing, trying to hook you to keep going, but maybe you should... Uh, get audiences um, invested, like in the first issue, like 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 uh, have Robbie being uh, just catch you up, explain all the stuff that's been happening from the past twelve issues, so oh, to yeah. catch you up, and maybe you want to explore more of those issues in that twelve issue run. That's mm -hmm. Quite underrated, especially for a book like this, where so many people are coming over from Agents of Shield and want to see yeah, more of yeah. the Ghost Rider they like on TV. One person wrote me a question, and I almost got mad at first until I realized, oh no, wait, this was actually a serious question. This person actually had a solid point. They said, "Hey, why isn't Ghost Rider's head a skull? I thought it was like a skeleton." And then I had to write back and be like, oh, "No, no, comic, yeah. comic, Robbie's head." was always chrome to match the car theme. Yeah. They changed it for TV, and I'm like, oh, these people don't know that. Oh, they yeah. really should have explained that in this issue, because these people are going to be confused now. They're like, wait, why does this Ghost Rider have a robot head? It's not robot, it's chrome. Uh, the many positives <laughs> and negatives that MCU influences a double-edged sword, it'll it's get true. you a whole bunch of audience uh invested in these new characters mm -hmm. that you're uh showing to uh live action 
but in comics, they not may not look exactly how you you uh, saw them in live action. Yeah, and you don't want to scare those people off. Uh, another comic we had this week, Batman Annual Number 1. This was just a collection of Christmas stories. It wasn't bad, but I'm probably not going to remember a bulk of these stories when it's all said and done with. I remember the, what was it, Paul Dini wrote it. Oh, that one? was a fun one, yeah. With a uh, Harley trying to crack a smile with Batman. Yeah, Batman and Harley on a road trip together, much like they were in episodes of Batman the Animated Series, and she's yeah, like in that Carol. episode. Oh yeah, like uh, like Harlequinade or Harley's Reform. You're like, what is this button? Oh well, I got you in the Harley voice. What is this button? You're like, don't touch that button. The the funny and thing about that story. Out is the art in that one, Harley was wearing her new costume, but Batman was wearing his old costume down to a blue yeah. cape and underwear on the outside. Yeah, what was up with that? <laughs> Paul Dini can do whatever the hell he wants, that's what. Oh, I, I really miss the Harley Quinn outfit, though. I know, right? It's like, if Batman gets to go retro, why can't Harley go retro, too, just for this one issue? I mean, look, it's it's a holiday anthology story. I don't think anyone's going to think that this is in continuity or anything. Go nuts. Do whatever you want. Ah, man, creativity over... Wait, that's not a thing anymore. No, it? no, although thank you for bringing that one back. Somewhere, somewhere Matt's ears are burning, and he's smiling because someone mentioned creativity over continuity. And Matt's just, just, his ears are burning, like his senses of cock are going off. Although, ironically, this is one instance where I actually would have accepted creativity over continuity. I would have liked them to have gone that extra creative mile. But yeah, Batman was very okay, is what it was. And I mean, really, the last couple issues, there's not a heck of a lot going on. I got a new Power Rangers comic from Kyle Higgins in Boom. This one was interesting because they introduced a new ranger. Wait, they do? They do. They introduce a brand new ranger who is from an alternate universe and who they seek to imply is evil. Wait a minute. This sounds like the plot of that Power Rangers game that from that uh, mid-2000s that oh. I don't really remember. Oh, yeah, like Generations or whatever. It had like a funny name like that. Like S. There's like an SPD Rangers. I think when SPD was a big thing around that time. Yeah, I vaguely remember that. The funny, they seek to imply that this might actually be an evil Tommy from a universe where he stayed the Green Ranger and like took over the Earth for Rita and then maybe eventually overthrew her. Wow. I know. You should check out the video if you haven't because I show a picture of the suit, and the suit actually incorporates a bunch of different Ranger designs. It's got a little of the White Ranger, a little of the Green Ranger, but also like a Red Lord Zedian visor as well. A lot of these ideas behind it are really interesting, surprisingly, because I've never been the hugest Power Rangers fan. You would you would probably like this comic because all you really need to know is the basis of Power Rangers, and then Kyle Higgins just goes nuts. He's bringing in alternate universes. He's bringing in backstory to characters that we never got in the show. He's clearly been given a blank check, and he's just going nuts with it. And I think that's great. Man, Kyle Higgins is like if you give him like a ball, he'll go like he'll make something from that. He'll like rip it apart putting something else in it, like, I don't yeah. know, some anti-gravity device to make it float and make oh, yeah. it come to you. Yeah, he's definitely one of those writers who likes deconstructing what he works with and kind of taking a look at all the moving parts and making it work. This is beyond work. 
Definitely. Like, this is this is totally one of these, you know, like, most unexpected comic runs. Like, when I heard there was going to be a Power Rangers comic, I'm like, ooh, this is going to be fun. Little did I know it would actually end up probably being one of the best things I read this year. And as we get to the end of the year, I'm probably going to end up having to make my list of best comics of the year. I would not be shocked if this one was on there, actually. I would not be shocked either from the way you've been saying it. Oh, yeah, it's uh, good. I good. really hope they don't make, I don't know, a new one that focus on, focuses on a certain movie. Mm, that's... Oh, yes. Yeah. A, a certain movie that I'm apparently not allowed to talk about because I'm a biased hater. I'm also apparently not allowed to talk about Arrow either, but don't worry, Arrow fans. I only review the crossover, so I won't challenge your worldview at least until the next one. But, but, but Arrow. <laughs> but Arrow. But, but the Arrow, it was pretty. He, then it became super science stuff. He, he, he was the first, though. It's not easy being green. I'm, 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 I'm green. I mean... Yeah, I'm 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 a, I'm a werewolf. Right? I, I'm, 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 I'm all I'm, these I'm, things. Green Arrow dot exe. He is starting to work from gruffness. Mm-hmm. But man, the Green Arrow comic is pretty tight. The last two weren't much to write home about. There was Old Man Logan. It was fine. He fought vampires. That's a story. But wait, 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 vampires? Yes, what? yeah. Old Man Logan's fighting vampires now. Not just any vampire. He's fighting Dracula now. Wait, did I miss something? Uh, it seems you, like I blanked out or something. Did you did you finish the Japan run? Oh yeah, I I, um, I caught up on that J- uh, Japan run. It was good. and like like the way he ended it was a like a very smart and care uh, thoughtful way to end something. Like it was pretty, don't make an yeah. enemy out of somebody. He learned a lesson. Yeah. Wow. That was nice. The only problem with this issue right here is that Sorrentino isn't on art for this one. I guess he's taken an admittedly much deserved break. They got a fill in on this one, so it doesn't look as pretty. Also, uh, the, also the agents of Stake show up in this one. Remember those guys, the Howling Commandos of Shield? Yeah, they're in this one. Yeah, I only knew them from that episode of Ultimate Spider-Man. Oh, were they and, in an episode of Ultimate Spider-Man? Yeah, they were like. Twice, and then they were in an episode of Hulk Ages to Smash. Holy like, shit. There's like an arc of it. I don't know how I remember that because it wasn't that good. Holy shit, they clearly had plans for them that didn't go anywhere. So yeah, that was Old Man Logan. And on that X-Men kick, the final book I read this week was uh, Inhumans vs. X-Men, issue number zero. A big prologue to the next big Marvel event where all the heroes are going to fight each other because apparently in Marvel we don't need villains anymore because our heroes can just fight heroes forever. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. That's a one of the like, big gripes, like... Let's have our heroes fight each other. It it wasn't it's, bad. It wasn't a bad prologue, and I will freely admit it at least had more setup to it than Civil War Two had. But even still, I am just so not looking forward to another event where heroes fight heroes. I mean, I'm burned out on heroes fighting heroes because 2016 was basically the year of heroes fighting heroes. Sure was. I mean, with Civil War, it was good. Like uh, um, the movie, uh, yeah. movie Civil War. I can confused with Civil War 2, but that's good. Uh, but everything else, like BBS, Civil War 2, this, I think there's something else. Yeah, there, I think there's another one, too. Not, don't, don't worry, they'll tell us in the comments section, Wes. It's all good. 
I'm I'm just blanking out on who else has been fighting each other. Everyone's oh, been yeah. fighting everybody. Oh yeah, League versus Teen Titans. Oh yeah, that's right. They did do that, didn't they? Yeah, Jesus Christ, everyone. Man, 2016 just sucked. Suicide oh. Squad versus Justice League. Yeah, yeah, that too. Which I think that doesn't technically come out till next year. But yeah, you're right. This that's, is it's oh. really it's really been the year of heroes fighting heroes. Just another reason why 2016 sucked. All the cool celebrities died, and all the heroes fought each other. Uh. I'm just ready for 2016 uh, to be over. Yeah, and then a human sack of oranges ascended to the highest governmental position in the land, but we're not going to talk about that. Since I'm the action, I'm an American on this. Yeah, wow. It geez. actually affects me the most. Yeah, gee, I know, right? This is new and different for us. Usually, Matt and I are free to joke about American politics from the safety of our other countries. You guys will be somewhat fine, unless I don't know. Trump doesn't declare war on anybody that affects your countries a little bit. I don't know, man. Living next door to you guys, I keep thinking every day now he's going to tweet out, all right, so this is what we're going to do. We're going to calibrate the nukes by shooting them all at Canada. It's just Canada. Like, anyone even knows that exists. Like, I don't like their uh, maple syrup. <laughs> it needs more cornstarch. I need. I like my cornstarch and my syrup. Maple sucks. <laughs> Look, that dirty Canadian Lauren Michaels keeps making fun of me on Saturday Night Live, so I'm going to blow up Canada now. <laughs> I'm going to deport him, <laughs> and, and Trudeau can take care of him. Oh, uh, man, that would be hilarious if he actually did that, because you know the jokes <laughs> would be even funnier on Saturday Night Live, where it's like, hey, Saturday Night Live used to be in New York. Now it's officially coming to you from Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be taking place in, like, I don't know, Vancouver and those empty uh, black factories that... Oh, uh, yeah, where they film Vancouver all the superhero shows. Yeah. It's, it's hard to believe I was out in that part of the world. I was in Victoria. I was going to take a trip to Vancouver and Seattle. I never did because I got sick in my last week there. And hey, I man, don't come over here getting me sick. I've been sick. I've never been sick all year that's pretty good for me that was that was me man that was totally me until i went to victoria i'm like ah, i feel great i've flown i've been to all these cons and i've never been sick once i'm fine i'm a-okay i wasn't though <laughs> right right now you're yeah. coughing straight in my ear holes like right now Jeez, I gotta be careful how I cough. I'm sure you t I, you heard the story on the other episode how i almost died from coughing too hard oh yeah i i, I heard about that don't don't die of tuberculosis or I don't know that Resident Evil disease. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I got the McGregor's. I got the Vassal Vagal syncope. Yes, people. Apparently, you can retch and push so hard you can actually knock yourself out. Did you know that? I didn't know that. I I think I knew that. <laughs> and on that note I think it's time to knock this show out officially uh, I want to thank you West for coming and joining me to this one you've been a great help you were a lot of fun on this one where can the people find your work if they want to follow you and subscribe and do all that other good stuff oh gen the Generation West on YouTube Generation West Zero on Twitter and the Generation West Facebook page on well Facebook very I very I good. try to keep myself uh, active on those accounts. As you should. Uh, do you have any new projects coming out that you want to hype up now that you have this platform for people to listen? Ooh. I'm working on a few uh, voice showcases. Is what I do with uh, certain voice actors, like uh, like all their work. 
And like uh, I did some for Tara Strong, I did some with Yuri Lowendahl, Chris Summer, Rob Paulson, Jim all Cummings. All those were like nearly an hour over, mm-hmm. and took me like two weeks to make. And I'm currently working on something like Johnny Young Bosch. Ooh, nice. That's gonna take. That's gonna be around an hour or so. It's a good thing I've done uh, videos with uh, about him before because I can just. <laughs> Reuse all that audio over again because I'm lazy. There you go. That that's not lazy when we do it. It's called being creative. Yeah, creatively lazy. Creatively recycling is what that one is. So yeah, go check West out on those things. Give him a like. Give him a sub. And don't forget to like, subscribe, and favorite this video as well. Really helps us out. Also, which I'm going to do. Yeah, because yeah, I always do. He sure will, man. West is putting in work in there in the comment section. Now you all need to match him is what you need to do. And also, don't forget to comment, as I know West will not forget to comment, because apparently that matters now in the new YouTube algorithm. Yeah, I heard about that. Do I, I have to promote that, hey, comment on my videos and don't call it all the mistakes I've made because I know about all the mistakes I've made. Yeah. I don't, I don't know why commenting matters now in the new YouTube algorithm, but please do it, apparently. Some of my YouTube friends are really hard up, actually, because this new algorithm just totally came up and fucked them. I can thankfully say I'm doing all right, thanks to fans like you, and thanks to all the patron support out there and everything. Also, don't forget, if you are a patron, you will be able to hear this show first before anyone else. Patrons also got to hear the first episode of Cape TV first before anyone else. So, you know, that's just some of the great fringe benefits you can get when you can become a patron and I think I've sold myself just long enough now. Any parting words, Wes, before we call this one? Hmm, I got one. It's Adelan, not a Tillin. Is it, uh, is it Adelan, not a Tillin? I have fought this battle so much. Is this a tomato-tomato thing or is it really Adelan? It's been said Adelan in every uh, incarnation, like in animated and video games I've ever heard has been Adelan. So I've been saying it wrong all this time. Yep, 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 yep. I mean, I always wanted to call you out for it. Well, there you go. That's the fringe benefit of coming on the show, everyone. You can tell me all the things I've been saying wrong forever. It's Monet, not Monet, as I've said forever in X-Men. And also, it's, uh, it's Helena, not Helena, Bertinelli, despite the fact that I always messed up her name in my mind with my weird selective dyslexia. Wait, it is? Yeah. I, I always thought it was uh, Helena. Wow. I, I, I fucked it up somehow. I called her Helena when it's supposed to be Helena. I dropped one thing there. People also make fun of me for how I say amethyst, apparently. Apparently I stress the M too much. I've actually never said that word. I'm probably not going to say it out loud. Not a, a not, a, not a Steven Universe fan, West? You don't know your amethysts? Actually, I've watched like the first several episodes, and then I did a video for it, and it became one of my highest viewed videos at a billion views. Wicked. And they're like, maybe I should do some more Steven Universe videos. Dude, you oh. should. There's a whole cottage industry, and I wish my Steven Universe reviews would do better. They used to break a K. They don't break a K anymore for whatever reason. Yeah, it it gets rough when you do like a long, uh, like a lot of videos, and then you just start losing views. Yeah, maybe maybe I'll put that one in the old Cape TV Roundup podcast. Although I'll have to make sure I have a guest who watches the show and knows what I'm talking about. 
Oh, and that probably won't be me because I pretty much suck at at watching Steven Universe, but maybe maybe not. Maybe Steven Universe V will come out later this year or earlier this year. I, I, know I, I know I couldn't talk about it with Matt. I know if I tried to talk about Steven Universe with Matt, he'd be like, ah, that's that show with them space lesbians, right? And I'd be like, yep, that's the one. And that's why it's awesome. That's why it's great. Ah, that's the show with the little fat kid and the space lesbian moms, right? Sure is. They're like one of the best families you will ever have. They kind of are. Know. And in fact, the last episode was very family-focused in their weird post-nuclear family but now i'm rambling again thank you everyone for watching and listening and supporting it's been a great show once again thank you west for stopping by and helping uh fill the role normally filled by matt have me on anytime i certainly will so until next time everyone this has been joel and this has been the generation west there you go we'll see you all next time everyone Bye bye